Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Greetings, Grapple fans. Welcome along to episode one or five of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I am here, Danny Wales, joined as ever by my audio tag team partner, Mr. Guy Drinkle. And Guy, we've got uh, quite an event to talk about. Yeah, just super showdown, super card, super Aussies. Yeah, and I'll probably be doing an Aussie accent <laughs> during this pod today. <laughs> yeah, so it's Aussie, 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 yeah. oi, 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 oh, which God. means obviously we've got to get, uh, we've got to make this a triple tag team. Um, Alex Barilaro, I didn't say Barilaro, uh, back <laughs> with bad. us again. You, you, you kindly came on last week, helped us preview this event, and then you went, you only went there. What the hell was it like? Oh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, my, my six-man tag team partners. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, last week was a lot of fun and, um, actually go, you know, I think I only really settled in how big this kind of was when I did the podcast and went through the card and previewed it, but actually going and, um, the MCG was packed, the WWE said, said, but I, I'd, I'd pretty much believe them that they got about 70k in through the gate. Um, the set was pretty cool. Seeing the MCG lit up like that was awesome. We saw the return of Pyro, which, uh, that was nice. The whole, the new Fox TV yeah. deals clearly. It, clearly that Pyro gave it the big some, time feel, didn't money. it? Almost like WrestleMania. Yeah, it, yeah. it really did. We haven't seen Pyro in ages. And so, yeah, that one billion deal from Fox must be, uh, leaking into, into the Pyro coffers a bit. Uh, but no, the actual event was really good fun. I still can't really believe that I've seen that all happen live. Um, and yeah, yes, yeah, as Guy would say, it was a bloody ripper. It was an absolute a ripper. ripper. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was the atmosphere like then? Cause I think obviously the danger is sometimes with an open air uh, stadium for these types of events, the noise can, you know, escape outwards uh, and leave. But I think it, it kind of, a lot of it came through on, on the TV. Was it, was it really intense there? Where you were, because oh, you were you weren't too far from ringside, were you? No, we were we were level one, so we were kind of the seating area, the first seating area, quite close to the ring. We had a really good view. Um, we had a good view of the the garden, the lawn chairs set up along along ringside, the very glamorous lawn chairs, um, and then kind of everything was visible. We were just wide of the entranceway, so we could see them making their entrance kind of from the side. Uh, and the big trons were really good. So there was def- definitely no action missed. 
from our perspective, which meant we could kind of react to everything as it happened. And the uh, open airiness, the lack of roof of the G at first was a bit disorienting because uh, the night before I, we made my best mate who, who we both went, um, Chris is his name. We both went to an independent show, local independent show. That was awesome, but that was such a completely different atmosphere that we had to kind of readjust ourselves to massive open airiness. And yeah, the noise did disappear, but I think that was, if it was, if it went on for longer than half a match, I didn't notice because, uh, as soon as we kind of got accustomed to it, you could, you just had to tune your ears to listen to like the sides of the crowd. We were in kind of the noisy, quarter of the the crowd lots of chanting going on above us and me and me and him were doing our best to chant as well and clap along um we watched it i watched it back on the network and it seems like it wasn't too much of an issue they mic'd up the crowd pretty well but from our point of view we could definitely hear all the reactions and hear all the chants even probably even some that didn't quite get on camera um and yeah yeah it was the atmosphere itself was really good it was really raucous it was everything i kind of expected the aussies were loud and and there were a few you are a wanker chants going on, mm-hmm. uh, especially during that first match. <laughs> it was the classic kind of everything. And then, of course, with the moment which we'll touch on later, my moment of the night, which was the hometown boy doing me proud. Um, that I've, I yelled absolute my lungs out when I when he uh, Murphy's Law and Buddy won that cruiserweight title. So that was probably the loudest moment of the night. And as atmospheres go, it was pretty special. Yeah, it was. We will get to that in good time. But first, first up, uh, the opening match of the night. Then, New Day uh, defeating the Bar. In terms of a result, I don't think anyone was too surprised, even though we we had our own reservations last week. But what what I'd be interested actually, what was the crowd like for New Day then? Because it does some of it does feel a little bit kind of Americana, you know, the whole pancake thing and all of that. But do the crowd just really enjoy chanting along to the whole New Day entrance? I think because it was the opener, everyone was a bit like, yeah, it's starting, let's go. Um, the pancakes thing didn't really catch on. I, like I, I said last week, it didn't, not just that it didn't connect, but it didn't get the same reaction that it would have a year ago because the new day are just stale and a bit boring now. And I think every, there were kids were certainly into it. Um, but I think everyone was kind of just trying to see like, okay, well, what's, they were more intrigued with the results than kind of the, gimmick of the, and the story of the match which was like a new day all fun and, and the bar coming out to spoil the show they got the crowd definitely got into um the bar and, and booed them booed along with them there wasn't that smarky crowd at all because i think the, the, we've played along with uh, a lot of the stories but i don't think the new day were the highest reception the one thing that's curious which i'll get you guys your guys input on is where do the the tag division of smackdown go from here because there's a lot of avenues it could go to um I don't think the Undisputed Era are too far away from being called up. And like we said last week, they probably belong on SmackDown. So you, there's that keeping in mind. But then, do New Day feud with the Usos again? Do we get one more match between New Day and Usos? Do we get Sanity appearing out of nowhere and, and kind of having a destructive feud? Or I Because I, the Bludgeon Brothers, for me, should go straight back into that that top tier of the tag division when they come back. But it, who knows how long Rowan's out for if it's his shoulder. It could be another couple of months. So I, I think personally I'd like to see the – I don't know. I'd like to see the Usos again because they, the matches they had were incredible. But I'd like to see Sanity kind of come out of the shadows and, and surprise everyone. What about you guys? 
But what I'll let you go on this one, guy, because it's actually something I was going to put yeah. to yourself. Was you know, it, I kind of feel a little concerned as that um, the bar has lost its shine somewhat since moving to SmackDown. I don't think they've been handled too well. Yeah. But is is it smart then? The next move to we have sanity come from nowhere, and then we've got a different direction, and perhaps the bar and the users can can work together and at least get themselves going on TV. Um, I don't want to see the Usos again because I think that's been done to death. To be fair, and and I know it'd be a solid match and stuff like that, but I think we said it. I think it was, no, I think it was after WrestleMania they started feuding again, if I remember correctly, wasn't it? Um, or some point like that. Uh, or it might have been before the Bludgeon Brothers. But it, I just I don't think the Usos and New Day. It's it, it's not been long enough to to it to be fresh again unless you change the dynamic to uh, the Usos of the faces and uh, New Day the heels uh, that could probably work but I don't think they'll do that but I, I think it's between the club or whatever they're called now uh, and um, Sanity but neither of them have really been booked that well that you can just put them in a title match straight away unfortunately. They've got um, a good few weeks to, to set up a feud, at least probably best part of a month to set up a feud. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer Sanity because I think you can set up the the three on three pretty well, and I know that was Sanity's first feud was uh, was New Day on Telly, and for some reason New Day beat them straight away, which I, I've never agreed with. But I think I like the three on three dynamic, and, and well, Killian Dane is, is just a He's just a madhead, and I'd love to see him a bit more on telly because he—he's he, just so unique. And uh, he's so damn good. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's brilliant, and I, I think it—you could use Sanity so well, especially in the future if Undisputed Era do come to SmackDown. There's another stable that's um, that you can feud with. You've got the New Day, then you can obviously easily add someone to the Usos. You've even got the the club if you add AJ into it. So. They could obviously come into the main event as well, so I'd I'd do sanity because I think you can do a lot of mad stuff with them. Yeah, I I'd be I'd be inclined to agree, and and for me, why not? Yeah, surprise the hell out of everyone. Yeah. Why not have them just come in, bang, smash, win the titles, totally what, shake things up. What did Make you think of something interesting yeah. again? What did you actually think of the match quality though in this match? Because for me, I thought it was probably one of the worst. Bar matches I've seen in a while. I thought it was all right, but I've seen that I've seen these two especially have such better matches. It wasn't class. Apart from the finish, it wasn't exactly memorable. I yeah. can't even really remember how long it went. I know there were a couple of moments, and and other than those moments, I don't know. It wasn't considering how good the New Day usually are at opening the show and putting on a classic. No, it wasn't very memorable or notable mm. for me. It made, yeah. it made Cesaro look weak as well, because obviously they just hit their finisher on, I think it was Xavier, and then Cesaro gets pinned straight away. It's a bit like, I've seen you kick out of about 800 finishers before in one of these matches. Mm. Yeah, it might have been the time, but it, it definitely... I don't think Sheamus is going to go that long now. I think this, this is kind of his farewell tour, because he admitted himself a little while ago that his body is absolutely ruined. It's Tore to shreds, and um, he, he definitely he definitely needs needs 
excuse me, you need some time to get it right. Mm. And Cesaro probably could step out of his shadow and go on a, go on a US title run or something like that. So Unless the fuck is all back with you. <laughs> that'd be amazing. There was an NXT event lately where, yeah, the Kings of Wrestling were united yeah. at a live event, and it was, um, oh, it was so good. That was, oh, what a moment. But actually, on NXT, if you get Sanity, and Sanity, if, say, the Undisputed Era is close to coming up, and without spoiling anything, Bobby Fish is close to full fitness. Um, then you've got the history there between Sanity as well, um, and the yeah, UAE. Uh, but also, you've got Sanity kind of being protected by their stature in that they don't have to necessarily be winning all the time. I think the Bludgeon Brothers have a thing where they kind of need to be dominant because otherwise no one will take them seriously given the whole white family thing. Um, whereas now Sanity have only kind of been here for a little while. They've been careful not to have them lose too much. Um, and they can kind of cop a loss and still come back and be all manic and angry and, and like destructive. So I think coming out of nowhere would help them. It's just a question is where the bar goes from there because they will kind of flounder. Um, yeah, you can't really build the bar versus the Usos for that long because people will be saying, why aren't one of them going for the titles? So it's it's a good question that the SmackDown Tower Division is loaded and it's kind of a good problem to have because you've got such talented teams. As long as they're kind of booked right, it should work. Should work out in the end. But yeah, Sanity should get the belt soon. Well, yeah, let's let's see how things go. So, Guy, what about Charlotte uh, versus Becky? Uh, DQ finish. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess the way that they did it, it, it made sense. But um, I think, I don't know, I just feel like in title, WWE title matches or this this calendar year, we've seen too many sort of schmoz DQs or these kind of finishes. It's I don't know. It's almost like can we get a bit creative here and find another way to to end a match? Yeah, I can't, I agree with that point absolutely. I mean, we've seen pretty much every match in the AJ Styles last like two feuds has ended dodgily, but uh, we'll come to that later. Um, even stuff like, we've even seen it in the women's division, because obviously Carmella's horrendous run, um, that had a lot of uh, crap endings with, with Ellsworth and, and other stuff like that, and this one wasn't as bad, obviously, and I, I, I'm quite happy with the, with the result, it was a good match, um, I'm still expecting a bit more from these two, um, and the finish... It didn't look great when she was trying to whip her with a belt, and she seemed to be a bit too far away. Uh, but no, I think I think it worked, and it's it's good to see that this feud's going to continue evolution, and we're not going to get some crappy Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey match, and we're going to have two of two of the elite in the in the division. And this was probably the highlight of from the women's side um, from the night, isn't it? Because we we well we'll. I imagine we won't give it much time, but we saw Asuka dancing, and that should never happen again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in terms of <laughs> in-ring, this was definitely the highlight yes. for the women's division. Um, and Alex, I've got to say, it didn't... I, I, it's, it's a weird one, this, because what I could see with my eyes was the crowd sort of shouting, cheering, jumping up and down as Becky's coming out. But what I hear... Through through the, uh, through the through the speakers is I don't know whether it's muted. So did Becky get a better reception than uh, we were supposed to hear? Yeah, she did. That's and it was weird watching it back because it was a softer than I thought. 
But there is a good chance that the people making the noise were coming from further back and that the speakers, whether intentionally or not, the microphones just didn't pick it up. We were certainly making a lot of noise in our section. There was a lot of come on, Becky, let's go, Becky, chance, dueling, let's go, Charlton, let's go, Becky, chance, kind of went for the whole first five minutes, and we were, we were really loud, and um, they kind of had us there for a bit where they where we genuinely thought Charlotte was going to lose. I mean, sorry, Charlotte was going to reclaim the title because there was just that sneaking suspicion that they were going to do it for Evolution and have Becky kind of be mad um, and say, like, oh, everyone's, everyone's turning on me backstage, which is what they, they seem to do now and um with the whole Tuesday night on SmackDown rematch and then I, we assume Evolution will have Charlotte versus Becky again. So it was a good match and the reaction to Becky was great in the stadium, but I can't tell what they're doing. Well no, I can tell what they're doing, but I couldn't tell what they were doing either muting the reaction or or not mic it up properly. It could well be that they were just like, well, we've mic'd up reactions for all the other things that we're going to think are going to have loud noise and they could have genuinely just thought look Becky is a heel we're not expecting her to get that big a pop uh, but I can tell you she absolutely did she got a, a huge reaction from us especially uh, but I thought the finish was actually well done because we knew they were going into evolution they were going to have to either keep Becky holding the title in a certain way to not make Charlotte look weak or have Becky drop the title and then went back at Evolution. And the first one is much more preferable than the second. I like the fact that they've got a match at SmackDown that Becky can now pull the card of, Jesus, even Paige is against me now. They they all hate me. They all want to keep me down. And that's going to get cheered because she's a tremendous heel. And um, a tremendous heel in the way that she's she's justified and she's absolutely perfect for what she's trying to get across, which is that I'm the woman around here and that I... I had my shot shot finally I've taken my chance once it was presented to me and that if that took mowing down Charlotte Flair who is the kind of I don't want to say Roman Reigns but he's kind of the top dog around here is kind of the chosen one the uplifted one then so be it and that's resonating with a lot of people it certainly resonated with the MCG and I think the finish was kind of well done if we get Becky going on a nice long title reign because it, it'll show that once she does hopefully vanquish Charlotte um, properly and clean, then she'll do it the right way and she'll go on for a, a nice long reign, I hope. Mm. It, it, there's something about this, I don't know, you, you know, you're saying there about how Becky, you know, is the justified heel, you know, that, that obviously that's that heel thing, isn't it, turning some, a sense of in, injustice, um, it, their version of the truth, but what I see from Charlotte and not really sort of playing the the um <laughs> the sympathetic baby face at all it's you I'm curious you mentioned Roman reigns because I almost worry that that Charlotte will fall into that kind of territory here where the crowd will be will more and more just kind of turn on her that that they don't feel sympathy for her because of who she is everything that she's achieved. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost like the dynamic isn't quite right. I mean, Charlotte is, is, she's fantastic and, but she is a much more natural heel. And, and in this, this kind of role, she doesn't seem to really sort of eke out the sympathy that she should get from a friend turning on her. That's true. But at the same time, I think 
we're pin position to say to say choose your own side. And so far, overwhelmingly, every not everyone, but the majority of people are choosing Becky. Those who are choosing Charlotte are doing out of loyalty or because maybe they never really liked Becky. And so, that, so when, and what I said with the whole tremendous heel thing is probably inaccurate because heel is traditionally kind of the bad guy. She's not a bad guy in this storyline. If she was, she'd be kind of more antagonistic, I think, towards everyone but Charlotte. Whereas I think the whole comparison of this feud is more along the lines of Punk Cena than anything else because we talked last week about how um, we were comparing it to 97 and, and the double turn and Austin and Hart and the whole Punk Cena thing, which was Punk by all accounts should not have been cheered, but because of the environment, because of the story they were telling he was, and Cena had to kind of fight against that. I'm not sure Charlotte was prepared at all for Becky to be cheered like she is, but now she kind of has to go with the flow. And um, I, I'd like to think that the fact they've turned her heel so many times in the past and she's been such a good heel means she's safe from the Roman effect. Because the Roman effect is more that they can't turn him babyface properly again because it, he'll get slaughtered. They can't turn him heel because for whatever reason, in their heads, it's as risky as, as just letting him go babyface. So they have to keep him as this kind of neutral, he's the top dog. He can go up against Finn Balor, and Balor will be the babyface. He can go up against Braun, and Braun will be the super heel, even though he's over. Um, and you still get this kind of sway, whereas Charlotte, I think, right now is firmly being fixed on as a good guy. But the reaction isn't going to swing that way because Charlotte is Charlotte, and she, like it or not, she's loathed by people because she's not Becky, because she is that kind of perfect wrestler and i don't think you necessarily need charlotte to be the uber baby face um in an era where you've got ronda being the kind of the the top dog and she is kind of the uber baby face so i like a bit of complexity with this feud and i don't think they can really get charlotte as baby face any as long as she's anywhere near becky um maybe it'll take taking taking charlotte to raw i don't think you can take becky away um, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens after the evolution. And Charlotte just better not win that title back because I think that would just do more harm than, than good. Everyone's sick of Charlotte being champion now, especially with Becky on the other side. Mm, a good point. Good point. Um, next, we had <laughs> an acoustic version of Thunderstruck. Oh, that was oh. amazing. <laughs> it was so damn good. It was so damn good. Um. Uh, the dynamic with these two is getting better uh, and better. It's 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 quite enjoyable. The, obviously, they bring their own things. Um, that in itself, yeah, that was that that was a lot a lot of fun. Um, I'm not interesting. Sure was, I'm not sure what was funny. A KO and Elias together in their pre-match promo, or John Cena's new finisher. Uh, Elias and KO. <laughs> yeah, that does. Yeah, different yeah. levels of humor. Yeah, different yeah, kinds I, for of different humor. reasons. There. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I want to erase that finisher thing from my memory, <laughs> but um, different. I, I mean, here in this, you know, a real sort of the jump between uh, the reaction to people involved. Obviously, crowd enjoying themselves with with Ko and Elias, that whole stuff. John Cena got a terrific reception. Um, Bobby Lashley just, I, I feel like what I'm seeing on screen that this whole mayor. 
charisma vacuum and and sort of very mere performances is is very much reflected in the reaction that I, was it was it like that uh, ringside then people yeah. just not interested there was a crushing disappointment when if Bobby Lashley's music hit without Leo Rush's music coming out beforehand I think um the only redeeming part about Bobby right now is that he's got his hype man there and Leo is kind of a lot of fun uh, he's uh, we said it last week he's just so boring no one wants to see him like he's not an attraction for anyone the entire stadium was kind of just like okay you're out first that's good just come on get to the ring hurry up we want to go chant along with John Cena's theme music come on hurry up and it was very much in a in a match that was supposed to elevate him and make him on level with John Cena it very much just showcased how bad he's been in the last couple of months. And I think if he goes heel, um, it won't be an all altogether fix because there is a lack of charisma or a lack of kind of wrestling and a lack of knowledge of how to, to get this crowd riled up. He doesn't have the right facials. He doesn't have the right moves at the right time. Uh, and I think it's going to be a struggle for Lashley to do anything without his hype men there to, to get the reactions from the crowd. Um, and if that, if he wants to get any reactions, he needs them to be bad guy heel reactions. John Cena was fun though, and being able to see see John Cena like that was awesome. He was, he looked like he was happy to be back. And he was having an absolute blast. We the match was as much of a squash as we predicted it to be, mm-hmm. uh, and there was really not much in the match to get excited about, other than maybe yeah, Cena's entrance and and then KO and Elias being hilarious on the mic. Yeah. And Guy, I'm, I'm guessing you love the Elias and KO stuff at the beginning. And is it just me, or is John Cena morphing into Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, that's a good show, though. Minus the that's hair. That's a very good show. Minus, minus the hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he needs to do something about that if he wants to continue his movie roles. <laughs> um, yeah, it it was fun before and after the match. The match itself wasn't that great. I think it pretty much went as exactly as we said Last week, uh, they'd probably beat up on Bobby Lashley for a bit, and then Cena would come in and get the win. Um, and that's pretty much how it went. Um, apart from Bobby Lashley probably got in more offense than anyone hoped, because he is horrendous. Um, yeah, it, it was just a shame that the, the pre-match bit didn't go on longer, because that was genuinely quite entertaining. It was, <laughs> and, and I think Elias, depending on who you ask, probably is at the right level slash could go up a level in terms of he's been in main events. He's been, he's been on that intercontinental scene. Mm. Elias has been tremendous where KO has maybe been kind of in a bit of a, a rut lately because of obviously it's a mixture of stuff that's both character and hasn't got the chances, but Elias is just every time he just absolutely kills it. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what Cena's role is from now. Cause we know he's been living in China. He's been, he's learned Chinese. He's an absolute, like he's a wonder in terms of he's been able to learn Chinese so quickly and such a pillar there, but he's in what Bumblebee now. So if Bumblebee bombs, there's a good chance he comes back for another, another two or three month run. I don't think he'll win. It'll, be, well, it'll, be, it'll be rumble season sooner or rather. Probably will. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably going to have another match, isn't he? At WrestleMania. Um, who that's against. I don't know. Like, I could tell you who my... I hope it's not against. <laughs> the Undertaker. I could... yep, better yeah. not be against the Undertaker. I just don't want to see that. I think if he's if he needs to, if he's in any match now, it needs to be a really cool, fun storyline with the 
younger talent. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing I'd love KO to see versus him again. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Or even KO and Sammy beating down on him and, and yeah, it's just, it's an interesting, it's going to be an interesting few months because this is the lull and then we kind of get to Survivor Series when it picks up again. Um, so Cena probably won't be around for that. He'll probably, yeah, be back in the Rumble. Uh, in terms of the actual event, he's, he's, I watched it back and it was a more significant pop than I thought. Uh, it was also one of those things where there was, there's was talk on Twitter the other day, which sometimes can be a dastardly place, especially for wrestling, that, um, John Cena, they haven't, WWE really haven't built a star since John Cena. Um, and they don't know how to build a star anymore. And then, then the comparison, I was on another podcast, I listened to it as well, actually. And the comparison they made, um, was to NJPW and saying, well, let, how does NJPW know how to build a star? And WWE doesn't. And that is very dangerous. And well, it's just a wrong argument because NJPW's current stars are like Cody Rhodes, who can't put on a, NJPW style match he's, he's not great he's living off his name Carter has gone off the wagon and, and forgive sorry if, if anyone doesn't watch NJPW you probably won't know these names but you probably you might have heard of them I know the uh, Naito <laughs> yeah Naito is, is kind of their biggest star and lately and he's lost three main events in a row Kenny Omega's won the title and hasn't done much with it they're relying on Chris Jericho to come back and, and as 42 year old Chris Jericho have these massive storylines and uh, Tanahashi won the G1 and he's 40 years old as well. And I get that he's more AJ Styles than, than John Cena. But at the same time, you're really building a company, your company around a guy who's been here for 20 years. Then NJPW and WWE are both symptomatic of the same thing, which is there is just so much. It's not necessarily conflict, but it's just differing opinions these days. that You cannot build a star. Even NXT, they had Finn Balor, but by the end of Finn Balor's reign, everyone was going towards Nakamura, and everyone still loved Joe. And you look at the other big stars in the WWE, Roman is a star, no matter what you say, but is a different kind of star, and he's not like Cena, and he's not like Punk, and he's not like even Rock, Austin, Hart, Michaels. In comparing kind of the main event of this match to the rest of the card showed, especially to me, that yeah, people love the nostalgia, and we all popped for Taker. But we also popped for Cena. And we also popped for the Shield triple threat coming out. And we popped for Buddy's title win. We popped. Everyone can be excited about different parts of the show at the same time. And John Cena and his promo at the end basically saying, you know, I love being here, and this is amazing, and that's, I will always have a home in the WWE, made me think, like, yeah, you're right, John. You will always have a home here in the WWE, but things have changed. We've got Roman. We've got Seth. We Well, if they book him right, we've got Finn. We've got and Dean's kind of on a level below, but then you've got, on the other side of things, AJ, and you've got Joe, and you've got these talents down in NXT. And if booked right, technically you should have a bunch of stars, none of whom will ever be on Cena's level, but the collective kind of group of who should be higher than seen at level because let's not forget WWE are making more money now than ever and yeah Raw is an absolute absolute shit show Raw is not being booked well um, but in terms of collective talent I think yeah what the Cena match did was reinforce my view that this is a very different era and that we can appreciate wrestling from time to time because um, the Shield triple threat and Braun I didn't, didn't even mention Braun the Shield tri- triple threat uh, the Shield six man rather 
to the main event all the way down was such a contrast to everything we used to see with Cena, where we'd see Cena versus Orton five times in the space of two months, Cena versus Edge six times a year on paper. Giving me fucking flashbacks. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that was not a fun time. That was really not a fun time. And to be able to say I was watching the MCG and there were multiple kind of highlight moments, none of whom really involved John Cena. That's progress. And that's something fun. Something I can put, tip my hat to. I, I, so just thought, I just thought who I want to I want to see Cena fight at WrestleMania. Who who's who's your man? Adam Cole. Oh, that'd be amazing. And Adam oh, Cole has to has to like, just win that match and do the biggest ever Adam Cole baby afterwards because it would yeah. be unbelievable. That's that's a good shout, guy. That is a good shout. We'll keep on that one. Um, so next up, then the Iconics, um, as expected, hell of a reception for them. They even kind of played up. I, 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 I thought at one point they would just line up, you know, to, to try and kind of go heel on the crowd like the, you know, their mean girl characters that they play. But no, they, they carried on playing up to it. And it was, I guess that was, that was kind of fun. But we also got Asuka dancing and, and yeah, and (laughs) yeah, and and Corey Graves kind of summed it up. You know, I, I like the Asuka that just kicked people really hard, not, not the one who danced. Not dancing, Oscar. Yeah, the iconic moment was really nice and lovely. I don't. I think they kind of figured out that if they went heel, the crowd would just lap it up and be like, "Yeah, we love you anyway." Um, and Oscar dancing is just. I mean, I said last week I don't really like Oscar because I think she's impossible to book properly. But it's definitely if whatever the solution is, it's definitely not having her dancing. Alongside Naomi, something needs to happen if she wants to be the Oscar we all know because this is an issue now. <laughs> this is a real bad issue. Yeah, guy, you fun of the uh, the dancing? No, I think the only way they can fix it now <laughs> is on SmackDown. Is Oscar beat the living shit out of Naomi? Turn yeah. the heel and see how it goes. That's that's what I'd do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we, she was kind of. She was obviously in NXT. She was a big baby yeah. face that had that well, sort of tease. She was kind of, she was not quite fully heel, but she was teeter on the edge of that heel right until the very end where it was almost like the flip back to full baby face and then she was off. But yeah, that, the Bailey suit, I think she definitely worked heel in the Bailey Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't, she didn't, she didn't sort of turn up full on heel, was it? it was no, like, no, she did, yeah. It was just kind of that aggressive, nasty, sadistic kind of thing. And it's just embrace that for me. Just embrace it and, and go with that. There's, just, go be, just go in the ring and start like booting people as hard as you can, stiff as anything. Just at least get a reaction. Yeah. I, know there's, I know there's jack shit to work with on SmackDown other than the people yeah. in the, in, in the and women's she doesn't, event. But, she doesn't need to talk when she's doing that. That's yeah. the thing. She doesn't need to do promos. She could just, she just walk away. Yell. Yeah. Yell in the ring. Japanese. Yeah. No, no, no. Just have a yell in Japanese and attack people and just beat people up. It's, for me, it's, it, you, you get a really good run out of that. But anyway. So, uh, guy, talk to me about the WWE Championship, um, AJ Styles, some more Joe. Personally, I love the way that they started this match. Um, no collar and elbow tie up or anything like that. Just, you know, Joe stood there at the end, <laughs> you know, ringside waiting. 
AJ like, okay, let's do this. Uh, I, I love the way they started it. I thoroughly enjoyed the match. Um, and uh, my only thing is the finish kind of uh, suggests to me that that's, that's it because, yeah. and that disappoints me because I've enjoyed it and, and, and I'd love to see them go, go toe to toe in the ring again. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, this, from start to finish, I think this was pretty much perfect. I think we've kind of given up on AJ dropping the title, haven't we? That, and I can't blame him because AJ is brilliant. And as long as he's got the right dance partner, he can put on great feuds like this. Just a shame that there's only one Samoa Joe in the company because he is probably the best heel in the company right now. And I don't think he's that close. Um, <clears throat> but no, this was probably my match of the night, Andy. Um, it, it was. It was the it was perfect levels of storytelling. The match was good. Uh, even the storytelling within the match was brilliant. Um, with the injury angle that I didn't really see coming. Uh, and at times I thought Joe was going to win. At times I thought AJ was going to win. And yeah, I, I thought it was just really, really good. And it was probably the best match they've had so far for me. Um, and it was a it was a good. End to the feud for me. It was it, it was the good payoff. It's just a just a shame, as you said, that it's not going to continue. By the looks of it, obviously we're recording this on uh, the Monday afternoon, so we haven't watched Raw or SmackDown. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on SmackDown, but obviously we'll come to a another horrendous point of the show, I imagine. Uh, but look, we know what the future is for AJ. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with Joe. Yeah, and Alex. Um... The crowd into both guys coming out here because I, I think this is a thing is Joe is is a heel and a sadistic heel, but he's just so damn good to watch and you just know you've got to enjoy him and and the crowd so so they into both guys and enjoying this from start to finish. Yeah, it was a tremendous match. Um, the the the, the kind of best endorsement I can give this match is that the crowd were on tender hooks, kind of wondering, oh my God, is Joe going to do it? Is Joe going to do it? And when he locked in the coquita, a lot of people kind of jumped up and were like, is this it? Is this it? I think the, the fact that there were more kind of casual fans meant that AJ winning was a sensible option for the in terms of the reaction, but also the Daniel Bryan and Miz kind of debacle um, makes sense if they're going to do Daniel Bryan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Versus AJ in a singles match, because I think that's something that a lot of people want to see. And then if Joe won, AJ would have his rematch clause there, and it could get messy. The one thing that does it kind of annoy me is that we said last week about how Joe needs validation and he can't seem to win the big one. That means that when he does eventually win the big one, he will kind of, it'll be, it'll matter more. But, um, yeah, I think it was just a tricky moment where kind of either way there would have been bad, bad points, but I think either way there are good points. And AJ winning was a really well done, um, story in terms of when he first hit the Superman splash, I, popped and out of jumped out of my seat and went holy oh my god he's pulled out superman splash that's bring one 450 and then um did doing it onto the knee and then locking in the calf crusher and and getting that kind of story going that he targeted joe's knee all all, all through the time i think the no count outs thing helped it wasn't even it wasn't exactly the most brutal no holds barn match i've ever seen but that that was okay because they told the story in the ring that kind of needed the um, whole brutality of it, and uh, yeah, no, AJ winning was was really good stuff in terms of the story perspective, and it was um, really fun match. It was one of my matches of the night actually because I I really enjoyed those two going at it, and they did have me on tender hooks, kind of wondering who was actually going to walk out with the title. Well, one question then, Alex, because obviously we know that the future for for AJ here is is Daniel Bryan, and we've got two baby faces going head to head. Do we perhaps have the uh, the option of Joe and potentially Miz as well interjecting themselves into it so that we don't get a straight out one on one match and that's the kind of thing we have to wait for further oh, down the line? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that would I would really like a fatal four way. Um, in terms of both, Miz has got good. Well, we think. As 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 guy said, we're recording this Monday. It's not yet Raw or SmackDown. Hopefully, this will be out before SmackDown is. We don't know whether Miz will immediately kind of say, "I got my shoulder up." That was BS. Joe and Miz in a fatal four way with AJ and Brian kind of makes a lot of sense because it, that way you don't get a straight out like you said, babyface and this is babyface. You don't get Miz works better in triple threat matches as we as we mentioned. Um, I think it'd work, the Fatal 4-Way. The question is, is SmackDown's roster deep enough for that? I think it is. Um, but at the same time, we've got AJ versus Daniel Bryan. It's been hyped up as kind of the number one contenders match for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So I'd be surprised if they went that route initially. I could see Fatal 4-Way match happening at Survive Series. I think that would be fun as well. Um, and then maybe Brian versus AJ goes to a double count out or something, or, or AJ wins clean after a grueling bout. I don't know. I think they need to work a story into this somehow because giving us AJ Brian right now, no matter how tantalizing it is, it doesn't make as much sense with Brian winning in three minutes and feuding his feud with Miz not being that stellar. I think you need to catch Brian hot for when you finally have him versus AJ one on one. And that will be kind of the fun match that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, next up was the piss break. Um, <laughs> the, there's not not two ways about it. Unfortunately, stayed, I stayed true to my word. I did go to the bar to get beer. It was very, it was really difficult to time the beer runs because the, we were lucky because we were right next to the bar 
or one of the bars in the MCG and um, kind of had to tactically plot them out. And I went, I went first, it was the piss and then it was the beer. And by the time I came back out, Ronda had already won and they were posing in the middle of the ring and I realized I'd missed the entire match. And, uh, my <laughs> mate, I was like, you didn't miss it. No, I, I know. And I, I told, I asked my mate what happened and he said, I genuinely don't know. I was looking down at my phone for most of the match, looked up and there was Ronda having two people in an arm bar and went, okay, cool. So that was pretty much my experience of the match. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Ronda, the double arm bar spot, I liked. Watching it back, thought it was quite cool. Seen some people not like it, which is fine. Uh, the fact that I got to see Ronda Rousey kind of was fun, but otherwise not much to write home about. I'm not going to like Bell- Nikki Bella versus Ronda already. I just know I'm not going to like it. Yeah, and Guy, Alex definitely missed the uh, the right match. Yeah, same. Because I, I kind of woke up late. So I kind of just skipped half as much. <laughs> so I was alright. I just kind of caught like the last few minutes and saw the finish and it was like, that was pretty cool. And the rest of it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exactly it. it. Yeah, it was, it was, right. it was a standout moment of 10 minutes was uh, Ronda Rousey. And I think that's pretty much as much as we need to say. The best um, thing is yeah. the protected Ruby Riot. That's about it. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah, Ruby Riot has done really well lately and Ruby can go and there is definitely room for them in the future. Um, yeah. It should be I, I the just, match evolution. It really should. should yeah. Bell shouldn't be anywhere near that title, but um, alas. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I really don't want to see the Bellas anymore. I think we've moved on. Uh, and and we should move on to one of the highlights of the night for you then. Buddy, uh, Buddy Murphy winning the... The boy did it. The boy did it. Yeah. He, he's... I mean, I, that was the most tense I think I've been this year without watching Liverpool. Um, I, the most kind of I've ever, I've reacted in a long time. I, me, I, me and my mate were really excited to, to see that he came out second and that he got all the attention and that he was getting loads of cheers. And when he won, when that, when he hit that, um, but that Murphy's law, and the, the hand went down for the three. We were in such delirium that we didn't really realize how big the pop was because our section was a lot of kind of, ca- the, the section in front of us anyway, like kind of our level one was a fair few casual fans who were just like, they didn't quite get the significance until everyone was really into it. And then everyone was partying and kind of got bouncing up and down. No one as much as me and my mate. Um, and kind of it took us a minute of celebrations to finally calm down and realize everyone in the stadium was going bananas. And that was the coolest moment of the night. Um, I've watched the, the three count maybe 11 or 12 times just on my phone. Uh, that, that echoing just roar of, Oh my God, he's actually done it. And for such a kind of title that's been by the wayside and for a wrestler that's fought his way up through NXT and forced his way onto 205 live to kick out of the finisher that no one's kicked out of to break a year's worth of undefeated matches in singles competition and to win a title, the first Australian to win a major title um, in the WWE, in, on the, in the MCG, and to have that crowd reaction, it was utterly awesome. It was awe-inspiring. And, and I, like I said, I went to the um, independent show the night before. It was Melbourne City Wrestling MCW. 
And uh, I, we were down there and we looked up to kind of the rafters, the second level, and there was Buddy Murphy sitting uh, with his legs up watching the action go down, uh, at least for the first half he left after the intermission. And um, he was just there watching because that was the place where he used to wrestle as Adam Eva and the place where he kind of was the big dog and the champion and he left there for NXT. Uh, he was He's Australia's big export. And to see him... The night before, go from that, go from that little hall in, in Thornbury in front of maybe 600 people max, uh, to go to, from that to, to kind of 70,000 in front of the MCG to do that with that moment. Oh, it's incredible. I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. And, and Guy, did you enjoy the match then? Cause I kind of felt a little bit sorry for Cedric Alexander in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was a really good match, but obviously, Everything that Alex has described here, I mean, obviously you're aware of this coming into it, that he's a hometown hero. Mm. Everybody be willing him to win. Um, a little bit of a tough spot for Cedric, but I think between them they put on a really good show. Yeah, absolutely. It, was, uh, it wasn't quite much of the night for me because I obviously don't have the Aussie connection. Uh, and I thought Joe and AJ was a smidge better, but no, this was, this was uh, bloody brilliant and... Um, she kind of saw on Cedric's face throughout the match. He was like, "I'm not used to getting booed." <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he just looked a bit confused. It was quite funny. No, but it was really good. I mean, the high fly and the, the technical stuff. I mean, that lumbar check finisher, man. That just looks that just looks horrendously painful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they've done such a good job of protecting it as well. To, to, mm. Like when he hit at me, I was like, "Oh no, that's it, that's it, that's it," and then. The raucous applause from the, from the kick out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the big question is, would, would this match make me w- want to watch two or five live? And it kind of does. To be, it, it did. To be honest, so I kind of want to see where they go with Buddy Murphy. It'll be interesting to see how his character develops after having his big career moment. I, I think he's obviously working as a heel, isn't he, over back in America? So it'll be quite interesting to see a, a heel champion that isn't. Um, TJP, who was very annoying. Or Enzo Amore. Who uh, was I've, I've Enzo that. Amore. I've blocked that. I've blocked that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, we don't need to go there. <laughs> um, so what about Shield, um, over, uh, over, <laughs> defeating, uh, I'll just speak in English, defeating, uh, Strowman, Ziggler, Drew McIntyre. I enjoyed this match, Guy. Uh, I thought it was a good one. They put on a really good show. The little teases here and there, mm-hmm. but I've got to say, I never really expected Ambrose to turn. Certainly not at this juncture. I think we possibly might get that at some point in the future, but not not anytime soon. But I, I do wonder whether we might get some kind of a breakup here of Strom and Ziggler and McIntyre, and that's how this this will all move on now. Yeah, we can We mentioned it last week. It's uh, it's an interesting interesting dynamic, isn't it? Uh, mainly for the heel side rather than the, the shield, because I think we're expecting. We're not sure if they break up any time soon, but if they did, they'd probably do it on on uh, on television to to build up to a big to build up for a big pay per view, whether that's the Rumble or WrestleMania. That's probably what it'd be. Um, <clears throat> But no, yeah, I agree with what you said, Andy. It was it was a good match. Um, we've seen better from the Shield in, in six months performing. We mentioned the Evolutions and the Wyatt Family one. It, it didn't quite have that connection because you had 
Because this is still a bit of it's still a makeshift group of three, isn't it? In in terms of Braun and that. Um, whereas before we've seen actual three man groups, and um, yeah, it, it was still good. The the little teasers with with Ambrose worked quite well, but I I agree with you. I never really expected him to turn heel, and it I think it's more interesting the fallout from the uh, Drew and uh, Ziggler. Uh, half of, half of the feud and see what happens with them, because I think Strowman probably work better on his own because he seems to be a bit out of place there. And I think we mentioned it last week. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Drew most out of this feud. But obviously they've still got the tag team titles, and it'll be interesting to see who they're fighting at Crown Jewel, whether that's AOP or the Revival or whoever, but not the B team. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, it'll be it'll be dead it'll be dead interesting to see what happens after this match. Ho- hopefully, it does stay kind of like canon because we have seen at these events in in the past where they just kind of forget that happened. Uh, example: the Saudi one. Uh, they just kind of screwed that off. But um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a good match, and um, unfortunately, it wasn't as good as I hoped it'd be. But it was really good. Yeah, and Alex, um, like you say, you know, Guy and myself both enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it from? They've been in in the crowd, and and what was it like when the shield came out? Because they seem to come from quite quite far back. Um, that that was quite a sight on the screen. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we we were talking, like it didn't dawn on us until kind of there were Braun was coming out. And we were like, hang on a second, if they're coming through the G, they're gonna have to go a long way because <laughs> it is not a short walk from essentially the back of the G because of the way it's it's situated and the way it's designed all the way through that first level of the crowd down past kind of that that up that, that kind of raised level where all the CD is down onto the floor seating then through all the floor seating over the barricade into the ring it was a long walk uh, to be, but to be fair we were really like excited to see the shield I think they positioned the match well they had the build up kind of well and they told a really good story I thought that the moment where Roman speared Braun through the barricade to save Dean was absolute perfection in, in my eyes. And this is from someone who didn't want Sheen, she didn't want D, Dean to turn on the shield because I thought it would, it's not the right moment. Um, they need to slow burn this, like we said last week. And when he, but when Dean kind of did clamber up, you're just like, oh, okay, this would be as good a time to do it in this situation as you can because it's the classic. Shield's tactic of surrounding the ring. This is basically equi- equivalent to Seth stabbing Dean in the back, except it'd be Dean stabbing them in the front. Um, and the story of punching, of Roman punching him with a Superman punch and then getting his redemption arc at the end with the spear through the, the savage spear through the barricade with the wheel recoiled at. I think that was, the match itself was as good as I was expecting. Um, and a lot of fun, and it was that classic Shield six man that I fell in love with. Like I said last week on on my return to wrestling, or not return, but my reinvigoration of wrestling fandom back in like 20, 2013, 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, and to see that live was great. I think we uh, just as as I was watching, you know, I kind of had the suspicion that okay, they're probably going to keep Drew and Dolph together till Survivor Series, but after that. I think Drew should, could, excuse me, could well be in line for, uh, kind of Roman's title picture. 
Um, I think supposing that Roman beats Brock and Braun at, at uh, Crown Jewel, and then they go on to Survivor Series, and it's Team Angle versus Team Baron with the Shield versus Dogs of War, and maybe one one a piece on it either side. As on top of that, I'd like to see Dean kind of uh, Dean. I'd like to see Drew rather kind of separate himself from Dolph, and then go after Roman's title and be a bit like you know I'm the top dog now. I'm the one who's going to carry his company because I think that would be a really fun program. And just watching it, I think there's a lot of potential there for a kind of upper card of Drew Braun, Roman, um, Seth, Dean, and kind of Dolph, all six members of that in that ring. Plus, obviously, if you have, if you book Finn Ride, if you have KO coming back up, I think Raw's upper card is really, really looking good. Supposing they get their show right. Um, for the next few few months at least, probably the next 12 months. So it was a really nice match, but also it kind of made me realize how good the possibilities are for, for this kind of group of six talent. Maybe because Brock wasn't there, and the fact that Brock wasn't there just put a big smile on my face. Um, the, this, the whole six-man tag in general was really good fun. Yeah, but you did say, should they get the show right? So uh, <laughs> that's yeah, not that's, that's a big <laughs> if. That's yeah, absolutely a big if. A big if. Now, what the hell happened next? Because the video package lasted longer than the match. Um, the entrances lasted longer than the match. Um, I, I've got to say, did, did you notice this ringside, Alex? Because I saw the referee put his hand to his ear as if he's been told, you know, we go home. So I, I'm wondering, was this match called short? You know, was was this were they calling an audible here for like we're going home now because they'd looked at the time and thought you know we we've got you know we've got twenty twenty five minutes of entrances to come yeah, yeah with the Undertaker and Triple H yeah we've got it we've got to go home now or or do you think this was an actual plan I mean two and a half minutes where you, nobody had actually got into a match and like it, it it's done just like that roll up and it's done it, it it's it just felt weird. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, on one hand, yeah, I think I, when I watched it back, the ref putting his hand up to his ear was probably a case of, yeah, it, there was definitely a case for the audible. But Miz's reaction, um, the fact that they kind of ended the show, if I remember correctly, they ended the show any, kind of around about 11 o'clock. And it wasn't like they had to stick to TV time. They could have gone longer. They have gone longer before. Um, 25 minutes, half an hour longer sometimes than the show runs because of the network thing, because it's a network exclusive. But also, I think because it does fit story and they needed something, I'm not sure that it was an audible. My guess would be the original intention was to have them go for maybe five minutes and then do the roll up. Um, but the two minutes that we got, it was so abrupt and so out of thin air and out of the blue that we all, the crowd just didn't know how to react. We all looked at each other and just went, um, what? Because everyone was so pumped for Daniel Bryan's entrance as well. And they were so pumped for the, the video package. Ah, it was a lost opportunity because that could have been a really fun match, even with the ending. And if, if it is an audible and they did take away 15 minutes from that match to strap onto Taker and, Triple H just walking around the arena being old and slow and, and terrible. Sucking everybody's oxygen. 
Oh, it, then I'd be, I, I would be so annoyed with that because Brian and Miz could have had a barnstormer. As it happens, I think the story is what the story is, and the match would have gone that way either way. Um, it's just the time, but uh, it was just a really weird kind of setup that they had to go. Okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the number one contendership. It's all happening. It's all happening. Oh, it's over. Three minutes. That's uh. The crowd was just stunned. We were, we were completely stunned. And I get the, if you get that fatal four way and you get the story progression and you need to keep doing Miz versus Brian, it's fine, but they could have done it better. They could have done yeah. it a lot better. Yeah. And guy, I mean, if you're going to go two and a half minutes, at least if someone hits a finisher out of the blue, at least you get a pop from it. But a roll up in two and a half minutes from nowhere. I mean, were you kind of taken aback as like, wait, is that it? Wait, wait, it finished? Did that really happen? I, the thing is, because it was at the start of the match, I was probably on my phone, and I was like, what, what? What, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, but there were people around me who were the exact same, who were on their phone going like, oh yeah, tweeting just up just at Daniel Bryan versus the Miz Super Showdown hashtag. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> thing is, that's what you do at the start of a match, like, you don't ask whilst they're doing the... the the tie-ups and stuff like that and the, the odd kick and punch. It's like, ah, oh, just let it breathe for a couple of minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on? And I think they've spent the best part of, what, two years make, putting the Miz back on the map because he's obviously probably, he's been the best intercontinental champion in this time, probably along with Seth Rollins. And for the best part of two years, he he was carrying SmackDown whilst Jinder Mahal was being horrendous and all that jazz, um, if I remember correctly. No, he was on Raw then. So, uh, don't remind me of Jinder. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was a few months. That was yeah, a few. He, he's carried he's he's carried the mid card and upper mid card of, of both Raw and SmackDown, and then he's obviously beat Brian. I'm I'm not going to count the mixed match, the mixed tag team match because that was horrendous. Um, He's he's obviously beat Brian with a dodgy finish, and it was good, it was good to have a a development in in the story, and then this happens. It's like you've spent all this time, and it, it was book it was feuded so well. Maybe you went back a bit too far with the NXT original stuff, but it was still good. And then he he, he loses in two seconds, pretty much to a, to a roll up, as you said, Andy. If he hit him with a big knee, like out of the blue, it, it would have been all right. Because you can stuff like that can happen. I mean, it happened to Brian against Sheamus back then, and look at the career he went on to have. But Miz, Miz, he should have had better because he he has been one of the best things on WWE for the last few years now. And to to lose that quickly to Brian, and Brian's came back, and he's not been that good. I know he's been in some crappy feuds, but he's not been that good since he's came back. It's um, it's just disappointing because I, I know you're not. His biggest fan, Andy, but you'd probably agree that he didn't deserve that after having such a good few years. No, I, I would agree. <clears throat> Look, he's, yeah, what he did with the Intercontinental title, what is to be commended, he, you know, he put a lot into that. He's put an awful lot into his promos. I, I do think his character is a bit one dimensional, and, and I do tend to fast forward through a lot of. Things like the Miz TV, because it could go back to having face Miz. Yeah, you, you just you, you once you've heard it a few times, yeah, you just keep hearing the same stuff, and yeah, it's. But yeah, and, and this is the thing is that that kind of a, a match 
to to do that so abruptly after all that build up it's um it, it's a it's an odd and a curious thing maybe we should kind of reserve judgment to a degree and let's see where they take things because as you've alluded to both alluded to uh, earlier in the show that you know that there is still the potential for this to have some other kind of mileage and we might yet see some of that so uh, this juncture probably safe just to say it was it was an odd thing to witness um and they're going to have to pull something out of the bag otherwise it'll be one of them things that they uh, they look back on and go do you remember when WWE did that <laughs> so let's yeah. um yeah let, let, let's see where they I, go next i hope it's contrived like i hope it's planned but most of all i hope it's been planned since before the event and it's not something they came up with in the last week to prolong it even though i'm almost certain it is but that's it's fine if they manage to keep the run going to wrestlemania and it, they make it interesting as well if they infuse it in the world title feud and then you've got maybe say they want to keep aj going and you have miz and brian and aj and joe and you have miz centimeters of, oh no brian maybe even brian centimeters away or seconds away from winning the title and then Miz comes in and costs him at the last second, and Joe comes in, and then AJ pins the Miz or something, and you could have the narrative of Daniel Bryan was that close to his title, so reclaiming what was his, what he lost, and Miz stole it away from him, and he can't forgive him for that. And then you have the, you could have the, something on the flip side of the Miz saying, you've always held me down, you've even as general manager, you held me down. Like, uh, cool stories can still come out of this moment. It's just whether they do the pair justice and this moment, like you said, Andy, is a moment in a storyline and not something that you we're going to look back on and regret. Mm, yeah, so let's let, let let's see where they go and then see what happens. Um, that just leaves Triple H with uh, Shawn Michaels against Undertaker with Kane, and and I'm sure Guy enjoyed the fact that Kane was there, but. There was a there was a combined age <laughs> of um what where were we two hundred and four I think it was in, in, in ringside. And it felt like how many minutes the match went on for about <laughs> yeah. the middle. And th- I've got to say, look, it looked they looked every bit of it. The four legends, the no two ways about it. Four legends of the business, certainly four legends of the company. Uh, Triple H can still go, not quite at the level he could before. Shawn Michaels was one of the greatest ever, and he's still in tremendous shape for his age, but he's he's clearly aging, and I, I don't need to see that anymore. The Undertaker, one of my all-time favorites, and even up to up until probably three, four years ago, was still putting on matches, but yeah, I, I really did this. This was not, this was not pleasurable for me to see two old guys basically, as you mentioned earlier, Alex, walking around ringside, looking old, breathing heavily. It was, it, it was not, it just, it was not good. And it was, it was almost like it was a real shame. Like now my, those memories of those WrestleMania matches involving uh, Taker, Triple H and, and Sean are, are almost tarnished to a degree by by having watched this and my concern is we're still going to get something more from them and i just i just don't need to see it yeah i really don't it's just it can't can't be any good unless 
you're one of the WWE executives and you're looking at the kind of balance, the bank balance of the company and it's about to get a severe injection of money from Saudi princes. But for us, for the fans, and look, the match wasn't bad, bad. Like it was still like after the match, everyone walked away from it and went, holy crap. What about this, this, this? But it was all just a series of moments that happened in the last five minutes. And everything that happened before that was just disappointing. Well, it wasn't disappointing. It was just heart-wrenching and kind of soul-crushing. And just like, this is what my legends have come to. And I liked the ending. I liked the way they did it with Sledgehammer. And I liked the bit at the end with Taker and Kane turning. But I would like it a lot more if I didn't know they'd be coming back for a tag team match. Tag team match that nobody needs, that nobody necessarily asked for, apart from some very powerful Saudi princes. And if if their legacy wasn't tarnished already, well, no, specifically, if the legacy of Taker and Sean wasn't already tarnished already, I think it will be in a few weeks. Um, but that being said, on the positive side, yeah, like I said, the moments were great. Kane going through the table was pretty funny. Um, Triple H can still go. He definitely carried that match. I never thought I'd be saying that. Taker took about three minutes to get up to the top rope to hit old school. But even when, even then, everyone still popped for it and still went, yeah, that's Undertaker. Um, and I still think somehow, some incredibly, Triple H at 46 years old or whatever old he is, 49. probably could go, 49 years old, could go with anyone on the roster. We saw it in uh, Fastlane 2016 or 2015 when he went against Dean Ambrose and Dean nearly won the title. And then we saw it, saw him against Seth, WrestleMania, against Roman, WrestleMania. He is still a phenomenal wrestler and a phenomenal athlete. And it's almost just abysmal seeing how Undertaker's body has betrayed him compared to Triple H's because Undertaker's body is a wreck. Yeah. And Hunter... This is, I mean, he's 53. Yeah. But it's... You, like I said, you know, you go back probably maybe four, five years maybe, Taker was still putting out their matches, you know, and, and that in itself is incredible to come and do that once a year. But... Even... Even to be doing it at Triple H's age, what was it, six yeah. years ago in 2012, I know that was kind of the end, but to be able to do that was unbelievable. And even in his early 40s, to be putting on the week-in, week-out, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010 matches that we saw from Taker, he, his legacy is going to be brilliant no matter what. It's just a shame we have to watch the this kind of decrepit old man with his mare brother kind of go through emotions a couple more times it's just it's just, it's just a shame you might get a guy turn on you now because you've just called Kane meh <laughs> well he is did you say meh or meh no meh as in mayor yeah. as in yeah. mayor of his town there you go oh not right meh. okay not meh I wouldn't call Kane meh I mean exactly. he kind of is but no he's, he's yeah. also the mayor the mayor the mayor of his town or somewhere in America. Well, what am I saying? No, he's the mayor of hell, isn't he? That's his constituency. Fire and brimstone. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think there was, there's definitely something to say for Sean's baldness as well. His very <laughs> prominent baldness. And it's really disconcerting because I know Sean Michael. The Sean Michael I know has long flowing locks. 
and can yeah. hit a super kick that doesn't look like he's about to break his back. And that was uh, a shame. He needs Cairns a week guy. <laughs> <laughs> we need Shawn Michaels and Amato so who can miraculously grow his hair back. <laughs> No, just connected oh. to his, connected to his cowboy hat. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought that was oh. glued to his head because he took Man. a few matches, he took a few shots and uh, a few bumps and yeah. never came off. He got knocked out about four times. The cowboy hat remained. He's like, righto, you know, we know you're bald, Sean. Stop hiding it. We'll yeah, suffer we've, together. We've known for like fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. so he's, just, he's just given up, uh, given up pretending now. So. So, uh, Guy, what what were your thoughts on this match then? Did uh, did, did Kane carry it? He didn't do well. <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> he got put through the table, and that was it. <laughs> you've got you've got. Sh- I know Kane's obviously the least popular out of all of them, but he was li- he's like the one who's like been most active forever, and he's the weakest one there who gets put what? through a table. I have a theory. I have a theory they couldn't get, either the insurance money was too high, or they <laughs> yeah. couldn't get permission to put a leading politician actually through, like, re-rust for fear that he, he comes back to office <laughs> with a massive bruise on his face. So they tried to make him do as little as possible. Yeah. And yet the only thing they did make him do was a pump through a table. And that's kind of counterintuitive. But yeah, I doubt they got him insured. No, no. But the thing is, he's like, he's there. And literally, Sean's involved throughout the whole match. And you just see Kane on the other side, just like, yeah, nothing's happening. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> just standing there. Like, okay. You yeah, do you. Sean. He just, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the rules. It's a one-on-one match. <laughs> uh, and then he gets put through a table. It's like, oh, see you then, mate. That was kind of pointless. Uh but the match itself, I mean, it, it was fun in parts, but I, I don't know if it was sad overall. It was probably better than I expected it to be, to be honest. That's probably the way I'd put it. I'm not sure if that's a positive <laughs> or not. <laughs> but, um, it's a silver lining. Silver lining. Yeah. And where we can get them. I just, yeah. I just hope that the uh, the Saudi princes don't decide they need to see Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. Oh God! <laughs> Can you the, imagine? That's the big worry out of this, cause um, the ending was the ending, and I kind of I, I put in the WhatsApp group all oh, shit when it happened, and it was like, okay, this is kind of cool, but then I was kind of quick to realise, oh, they're actually going to do the tag match, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Are, if it's they? in isolation, that was a nice ending because it, in itself, it was DX being DX, and it was the brothers' destruction being the brothers' destruction. In isolation, yeah. if it's if it's part of a lead up to a tag match at Crown Jewel, it's gonna be just abhorred and gross, and no one really wants it. The thing is, no. as you said, Kane's in office now, so he can't come back and sell a thing every couple of weeks. This is very one-off. HBK, I mean, God knows what he's like. I mean, if his, if his wrestling ability's gone down like his hairline, good God. Um, his hairline went years ago, but he well, just, his he just, just did his a hair. good job just of, hair, a semi-good job of hiding yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Triple H, well, it, it'd come down to training, uh, Kane and Triple H carrying a match. And obviously, Kane's not in wrestling shape, looking at him. Uh, he probably could get back into it, but he's probably going to need more than four weeks, and he's got a job to do now. So, you'd be kind of counting on Triple H and Kane to carry a match, because you don't know what Shawn Michaels are going to be like, and we know what Undertaker's going to be like, so... Might as well have just done Kane v Triple H, because that was probably one of the better feuds in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> early 2000s. This, well, the, 
but the question is now, what happens to take her at Mania? Because, I mean, it can't really be Cena again, can it? Because he squashed Cena so easily. Well, I mean, well, WWE is possible. It can't really be either Hunter or Sean again, because I don't think either of them will want to do the match again. This was very clearly the one last time for Hunter and um, take a one-on-one. If he retires, it has to be, and take has always said that he's going to go out putting someone over, which is why Roman was kind of perfect, even if it wasn't the one everyone wanted. The whole yeah. thing of leaving his hat in the exactly. ring was perfect. That was absolute perfection. So who do you put over in that stage? Because no one really needs it right now. No one really needs the rub from an Undertaker that really doesn't have the credit anymore, unless well, it's KO. Say, that's the thing, is it? Not like, even what, KO. what is the rub? What rub is there now? Because that has kind of been diminished over the last few years. Alistair Block. Wow, amazing. Brilliant. That's exactly who needs it. But I want to see other Alistair Black matches at WrestleMania. I want his first WrestleMania match to be a barnstorm and not a match that we all go, ah. Thing is, they're not, they wouldn't put someone straight from NXT into a feud with The Undertaker anyway. Nah, but you'd have to bring him up at the Royal Rumble or, or something and kind of build him, build it as this is Ali Black. He is the new Undertaker. You will revere him. Although everyone the, already kind the, of does. The biggest... But the biggest person they've put up pers- in a feud straight away is Cena. And that's when he was doing the US Open Challenge. Other than that, Finn obviously got a WWE title of the Universal thing straight away. But he was only, not only Seth Rollins, but he was against Seth Rollins and beat Roman Reigns on his first night and stuff like that. But is Alistair Black as big as Kevin Owens and Finn Balor? That's the question. No, but he's, in, he's big in a different way in that yeah, NXT is brilliant and all, but as soon as Black got the title, there was it was less about oh my god, look at how Alistair, how cool Alistair Black is, and more about oh my god, we need to see him on the main roster now. He got the sense that Balor was always carrying the brand, KO was always kind of like the rocket ship that was passing through the brand. Alistair Black has always been, yeah, this is just Exhibit A. This is our testing ground. This is connect to the audience because yeah. in this time next year, you're going to be a big, big deal on probably Raw. Um, it's just the way they do that. You're right. I think they can't really do a US Open Challenge again unless Seth gets... Oh, maybe he can with the Seth and the Intercontinental title, but it would be interesting. But you can't really do a KO situation where he comes in with the NXT title. I also don't yeah. think... I don't think Black will win it back. So then you, you basically have to plan, plan a debut that keeps the reverence and keeps the badass nature without making him just another dude. Yeah, it's it. It's I, I guess it's it's one of the things that will come up, and as we get closer to the Royal Rumble, the rumors will start um, circulating, and we'll see. Uh, but hopefully, you know, if they are they're going to do this tag match in a few weeks, we don't want to see it. We certainly don't need it to be going almost thirty minutes. Um, you know, ten, fifteen minutes tops. Go home. Leave it. Leave it. Just literally go home. Leave, leave us with the memories and then if we've got to get one last match from Taker it needs to be someone someone new someone fresh so it's meaningful and then that's it that, that has got to be it hasn't it we, we've got to say by by Wrestlemania 2019 that's got to be the end for Taker let us let him enjoy life and let us you know, um, savour the memories you know who would be 
a great match for Cena if it's not Taker. Instead of maybe bringing Black up straight away, is bring up Dream straight away. Bring up Velveteen Dream. Have him beat John Cena at WrestleMania. Have him beat that can be the Kevin Owens moment, and that way you can kind of preserve the mystique of Taker without bringing someone up straight out of NXT. But yeah, you're right, Andy. I think um, any match at Crown Jewel will be a shame, but they have to if they're going to get it right. It needs to be short. It needs to be just filled with moments, and it needs to make us go, right, that was nice. Now let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's, that brings us to, to the end of the show, really. We've uh, we've gone over a bit, but so much to talk about. But uh, before we go, overall, then, I'll, I'll go to you first, Guy. You, you enjoy it? You think? Because I... Do you, you know? Do you think it was, it was a good event to watch? Because I've got to say, it felt kind of big and kind of special from from start to finish, the way that it was presented, and uh, a lot of what happened in the ring I thought was good. So I, I've got to say, I, I rather enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. The goods definitely outweighed the bads. Um, of course, mainly I skipped the bad. <laughs> uh, that probably <laughs> helps. That helps every show. Uh, but no, yeah, it was definitely good. Even even the main event, I think it was worth watching. Um, it's it's just kind of weird watching it now when when we've seen what a few what feuds they could had in the past. But I think it was definitely worth watching. It may have just went a bit too long. That's probably the only thing. But no, it was definitely a good show. Yeah, <clears throat> and in fairness, probably one of the the better if you. You put this as a pay-per-view. I'd say it was one of the better pay-per-views of the year. So, mm. uh, and, and Alex, you know, that's us enjoying the show, just watching it from through the TV screen for you to actually be there. And obviously the significance of this, you know, the first time that WWE brings such a big uh, live event to, to, uh, to Australia in your backyard for you to, you know, be amongst 70,000 there to enjoy it, you know, Right in front of your eyes. I mean, it, it must be one of them things that you, you'll never ever forget. Never ever in my life will I forget that. Um, to, yeah, to be watching WWE for so long, to always tell, say, say to my mates and, and say, whoa, wouldn't it be awesome if they did a pay per view down here? Wouldn't it be awesome if we had a live event or a Raw or something that actually mattered? And this one kind of did. It was brilliant. Um, being in that crowd was unbelievable. Like we've said, the moments tonight. Um, ones that I'll never forget, but also just the feeling of being live in that audience for something that was specifically catered to us. It was the most just riveting, kind of amazing feeling. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll never, certainly never forget it. And it's only kind of satiated, it's satiated my thirst, but only kind of driven it further to kind of see a big pay per view live in the States or God willing. Um, not that I'm a religious person, but as the expression goes, uh, something in the UK which would be amazing one of these events live in the UK would be phenomenal um, so yeah it was it, I enjoyed the show watching it back as as I, I'm sure a lot of people did but in terms of being there and in terms of the experience it was unbelievable it was incredible I'll never get over it and there you go folks um, what, what a way what a way to sum things up uh, for you know a historic event a historic uh, pay-per-view, so to speak, to be down under for for people there to witness it. And not only that, you know, some good matches for us, us to watch on screen as well. So 
Um, WWE have, have done something really good here. Let, let's hope it's it's not the last. Let's hope we see more events like this and, and maybe even pay-per-views um, around the globe. You know, they're really, it, it just what you've heard from Alex there is, you know, they really can make a difference and it can bring bring something new to the brand and, and really sort of open their arms around the globe. So it's um, we hope you've enjoyed it anyway. So thanks to thanks to Guy. Thanks to Alex for coming on this week and last week and really adding that personal touch to things and, and you know, getting across that experience that uh, those of us watching through the screen just can't quite, uh, we, well, we can't quite fathom, I suppose. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index channel. And until next time, it's bye-bye now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.